welcome to the number one show and the source of truth for all things medtech. Here, we reveal the secrets and stories behind the investments, science, and commercialization of the medtech industry. Every week, we'll take you on a wild ride with the biggest names in the game, from entrepreneurs and investors who are shaking up the market, to healthcare providers who are revolutionizing the way we think and practice medicine. So hold on tight and get ready for a journey like no other. This is the State of MedTech. everybody welcome back to the show and uh just got back from my trip in san francisco i met some of you guys in person which was awesome i spoke at um not at dreamforce which is a salesforce's annual event although uh, the event was part of that i spoke at clary's event uh, alongside daniel hawkins the ceo and founder of shockwave medical and avail uh luckily for you that if you were not in san francisco when this happened uh, we recorded it this will be published on the pod later on and um yeah, if you haven't noticed, also, I'm running a poll because episode number 100 is coming up and I kind of get a kind of want to get a big guest for y'all. So I'm running a poll with either Kevin Lobos, CEO of Stryker, Jeff Martha, CEO of Medtronic, or Joaquin uh, Duato, uh, CEO of J&J, uh, to see who you guys want. Or there's option D, which is other, in which case you would just comment. Okay, um, so this episode is partly stemming from uh somebody who's in my program uh this person's a sales 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 rep and they wanted to move into marketing um and so this is kind of my advice about how do you do that and why you would do that from a sales standpoint um but then on the on the flip side this is also um part of this is going to be some advice as to you know if you can't move uh vertically or adjacently in your own company how do you start uh, essentially how do you quit your job and find a better one all right. Now, before we do that, let's do a few uh, plugs on some really great uh, services and products for you guys that I love. So the first one is Alpha Sophia. Okay, so Alpha Sophia is essentially a company that uh, helps you identify early adopters among surgeons. Right. the The most important thing is finding a way to engage and target the right physicians, um, which you need a you know a commercial intelligence platform right essentially something similar to zoom info but much much better where not only do you see contact information but more importantly you're able to see like procedure volume uh technology preferences societies etc most of these databases which i've used in the past um are really not that great and and some of them are but they're really really expensive alpha sophia what i love about them is that they help you target early adopters so whether you're a startup or a huge company when you're trying to figure out who do we sell and drive product adoption with first, uh, they're a great platform for that. They also uh, have adopted the same uh, philosophy that I have, which is part of that early adoption and driving it is figuring out who are the best people who actually have large physician followings on social media. So when you're able to profile your surgeons or doctors or whoever, whatever clinical person you're trying to, to sell to, you, they also are able to show you their Twitter, Instagram, and and LinkedIn profiles. It's a great platform. I'm really impressed with them, which is why I've partnered with them. Okay, so what I asked them to do is that for for people to get a demo, I didn't want it to just be a demo. I want you guys to get something out of it. So they're going to allow you. They're going to give you three free profiles, meaning that if you have a territory, or you have a specific doctor, you go tell them that they'll open up their platform and show you how to use it. But then more importantly show you how to download and they'll give you that information for free so you get three surgeon profiles so the way you get that is go to alphasophia.com 
forward slash Omar. So their name is spelled A-L-P-H-A-S-O-P-H-I-A.com forward slash Omar. Second thing is if you're a medical sales rep or maybe you're in marketing, you want to level up to understand how do you use network effects on social media to essentially drive sales? How do you sell remotely, right? This is where everything's going. Look, I just came from Dreamforce where the entire SaaS industry, that's all they do, right? So to really improve your skill set, develop your talent stack. One recommendation I have is join my program, right? Um, my program, the Medical Sales Network Effects, has had fantastic results, including this is this is one result uh, of many. This is what one rep had to say after going through the, the program for three weeks. This is the result that he got. I tried to reach out to this one surgeon. I posted recently on LinkedIn about Spinal Elements launching a bunch of new products in this year in 2023. He accepted my connection request, liked that comment, and two days later booked a case with this new technology that we had showed him two days prior. A methodical step. So in the surgery yesterday, it went pretty well. He agreed to try it again. It was a win-win-win of getting the connection on LinkedIn to seeing our content, having a good inner office meeting from a standpoint of being able to talk with the surgeon about the new technology and what his peer was doing, and then having a successful case where he would want to use the product again. Which is a pretty amazing result. That doesn't happen with everybody, but the most important thing is that when you use LinkedIn and social media in this way, you're able to drive these kind of results. Plus, if you think about it, Learning these things allows you to move into higher roles, whether it's director of sales or maybe you want to move into marketing. And we have this amazing community of VP CEOs plus live calls. And again, if you want to get more mentorship from me, look, I love mentoring people. I can't do it for everybody. The easiest way is join the program. You're able to get direct access to me, but also these amazing group of people. So you can join it right now. Instead of paying 3000 bucks, I have a huge discount for you. Just check the show notes below and click that link and you can go sign up for the program. Um, and it's fantastic. Whether you're an associate or a VP or anything else, join this program. I promise you, you're going to love the, the kind of results you get and the community. Um, and then lastly, lastly, um, if you're not already, follow, follow us on Instagram at all hail medical sales. State of MedTech also has an Instagram channel, but I'd say the one that I engage with everybody the most often I run polls for solo pod Fridays is the Instagram handle all hail medical sales. All right. So now after all that, let's get into today's topic, which is moving into marketing. So I had somebody who's in the medical sales network effects program doing a great job is a rep and decided to move. They want to move into marketing. Now, the unfortunate part was that this person, when he went and talked to their uh, VP of marketing, the VP of marketing uh, didn't feel like he had the experience, which I've heard that so many times in my own career earlier on. Um, and so I gave him some advice as to what he can do to get closer to that person to demonstrate that value. But at the same time, um, look, you know, part of the thing of going through the medical sales to create content on your own and develop thought leadership. So perfect example, Vendela Martin, who sells to gynecologists, has been uh, engaged in this thing called V-Notes, you know, which is specific for the gynecology community. She's been doing this for just three weeks and already physicians are tagging her in posts. Um, there's an OBGYN podcast that like referenced her, right? And so the reason why I say this is that A, Using LinkedIn obviously helps you in your day job, right? Helps you grow your territory, reach reach people, influence them. At the same time, it's kind of free advertisement for you because companies and hiring managers see you and say, wow, that that I wish all our employees are like that. Maybe we should hire that person. So kind of plays both ways. All right. So let's start with marketing. Okay. 
why do you move into marketing? Okay. As a sales rep, because the first thing that's going to happen is like, you will make less money. Okay. So for context, it, you know, you, your base salary will be much higher, right? So, um, you know, marketing managers, I don't know, it depends on where they are, but the, based on what I, on my knowledge, a marketing manager can get paid anywhere from like 90 K up to 110, 120 K the marketing manager I have working for me in my last company, I paid him 120 K. Okay. Um, after that, when you get into the director roles, director roles can get anywhere from 150 to 220, 225. And then if you're a VP and above, you know, that's 200 to 300, sometimes more it's rare. Right. And then of course there's a bonus structure, but you will technically make, you have a chance to make more money in sales. So why move into marketing on the financial side? Here's the thing. If you haven't noticed, Marketing in our industry is CEO training school, okay? The majority of CEOs you see in our industry all went through marketing. And the reason why is because marketing in the med tech industry is one of the few departments that literally touches every single department. Uh, we deal with finance. We deal with product. We deal with sales. We deal with R&D. Um, we deal with legal, everything, right? Um, and so that's one side of it. The other side of it is the strategy. Okay. And this is what got me to move from rep into marketing. So way back in the day when I was a rep carrying the bag, I wanted to move up into a VP of sales role, but then I realized like that kind of takes a good amount of time. And what I was really interested in was strategy. And what I realized, especially because I was groomed and mentored by, um, some of the, uh, um, you know, early class at intuitive intuitive was a marketing led organization. Marketing was the one that decided, what to say, who we're going to sell to, so on and so forth. And I said, you know what? If that's the case, I want to be part of that group. I want to be at the table. That was the most important thing for me and my career. I did not care. And this is one recommendation I have for you guys. For those of you who are like early in your career, especially if you don't have family, don't focus on making money right away. Like obviously make money. But if you're, if you're short-sighted and just looking purely at how much money can I make, you're going to miss the opportunity to gain and sit in the rooms when board meetings were happening, right? That's not going to happen when you're in sales. Even if you're a director, the only person from the sales team that is allowed in the boardroom is usually the VP. But if you're the, you know, let's say not the v VP of marketing is obviously in the room, but if you're a director, a manager, maybe you're not in the room, but you're helping making those decks. So you're getting to learn and understand how do you run a company, Right. That's the most important thing. You know, any schmuck on the street can learn like, you know, sales and, you know, sales is difficult, right? But you want to learn how to run a company, right? You want to understand what are COGS, right? What are acquisition costs? What's our, you know, time to value? What, what, is, what does our pipeline look like, right? What, what's our product line look like? You know, all these things are very, very important, okay? So that was the first thing that got me to move into marketing. Now, the problem with our industry Okay, is that our industry, um, and I, I don't know, I don't know how else to say this. The number one problem with marketing in medtech is the fact that it's not marketing, right? Most marketing in medtech is actually just product management, right? And then they do marketing a few times a year as a hobby when they go to a conference. Okay, and this is why marketing and sales always bash heads. Okay, so for me. While, yes, I think products and product management is obviously extremely important, that's not marketing to me. Marketing to me, by definition, is the molding of a market, which is, just, which is a commercial activity, 
right? Which is involving sales. If you're in marketing and you haven't gotten to the point where you've made it so that people think ka-ching, like that's the thing that makes the registering, that's the thing that drives revenue, you're not doing a good job. You're not marketing. If you are not getting pulled into demos or customer engagements by the sales team because you are so good at, at understanding the product, in my opinion, you're not doing a good job in marketing, right? Those are things you have to go for. So let's let's go back to the, the case in point. How do you make that transition from sales to marketing? Well, the first thing is that you have to understand that when you're in a company, there's a psychological thing that happens to you and your brand. So if you're a rep, you're a rep. It's very difficult to undo that brand. Meaning like it's hard for you as a rep to go from rep to product manager or like an engineer, right? It's just not going to happen, right? Unless you're in a startup, okay? But even then it's really, really, really tough because you're, you know, the packaging that you're in has already been said and that sort of sits in somebody's mind. And so for somebody to say, hey, that's kind of a risk, right? Because think about it. If, you, if you're running a company and you decide to promote somebody into some role for the first time and that does not work out, it's on you, Right? So how did it how did it happen for me at Mazor? That's where I got pr promoted to marketing manager. I actually applied to be a product manager, okay? But at the time, I actually demonstrated unbeknownst to me, I just thought I was doing, you know, I, that was what I was supposed to do. I was really good at patient marketing, okay? Like with all my accounts, I was damn good at patient marketing and I showed because I studied a lot like this higher ability and skill set when it comes to marketing. And so at the time, the CEO of Mazor Inc., uh, Chris Prentice, you know, so that was the U.S. division of Mazor, noticed this. And he talked to our VP of sales, Chris Sells, and then they both came and talked to me and said, hey, look, Omar, um, with all, you know, we, we want to be honest with you. You Number one, you don't technically qualify for the product management role, which is not a problem. The only thing is that we've already promoted somebody internally into that role. However, that just made the U.S. marketing manager role vacant, and, and we really think you should be in there, right? And originally, I wasn't crazy about that, but I listened to them mainly because Chris Sells, uh, my late and great mentor, gave me the advice to say, hey, look, Omar, there are thousands of salespeople out there, right? Go internally, go work next to Prentice, right? Report to him. Learn how the company works. Learn how the organization drives adoption. Learn all these things. And after a couple of years, you can go back into sales, right? That's, 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 that was the thing. And so I did that, but I never looked back. Now, once I was in, though, the most important thing was to understand what is marketing and how do you become very good at it? And what I decided to focus on, and this is a very intentional thing in my career, was I said, okay, in, in the med tech industry, all of these marketers are actually product management people. And at the time, I was getting more exposure to software and growth marketing, which was all about money. And so I thought, I was like, man, this is an interesting discrepancy because in med device and med tech, all the salespeople are complaining that marketing isn't doing a good job. They're not getting good leads, et cetera. And marketing's not doing anything about, doing anything about it. Marketing just does their thing and hands them leads and says like sales isn't doing a good job. And then marketing goes back to doing like KOL development, running labs, doing product development, which is all important, right? But that's not pipeline, right? That's not what grows revenue. And so I, I thought, I'm like, okay, I'm now in the ivory tower. I'm in a place where we set strategy. And so if I decide to focus my, my skill set on learning how do I help the company make more money, 
every board member will talk about that. Every salesperson will talk about it. Like I will make a name for myself. And so that was very intentional. And so I focused on saying, now I'm going to give you three books that every single marketer that I've mentored, every person who, who has gone on since I've mentored them to become like a director of growth, a VP of marketing, so on and so forth. These books, I tell them to read and I'm telling them to you. And even if you're a sales rep now and you, you have no interest in going into marketing, read these books because you will make more money as you raise the level of your business acumen. And most importantly, always remember, I mean, Elon Musk, you know, uh, I'll say this like Elon Musk said it best. You will be paid in proportion to the complexity of the problems that you solve. And so in order to get to that level, you have to start understanding how do you solve for complex problems. Okay. So one of those complex problems, instead of selling one-to-one, -one, which is what many of you guys do and gals, guys and gals, you know what I mean? You're selling one-to-one. -one. How do you sell one-to-many without talking to them, right? That's marketing. Okay. So these are the books I want you to buy. If you are smart, you buy these books now. You just get on your Amazon and buy them. Worry about when you're going to read them later. Just buy them now, okay? Number one, and I'm going to let me run through them real quick. These are the books you buy. So every person I've mentored in marketing has read these books, okay? I'm going to run the, through them real quick, and then I'm going to dive into each one why. Number one, The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing by Al Rees and Jack Trout. Number two, Crossing the Chasm by Jeffrey Moore. And number three, Hacking Growth by Sean Ellis. Okay, let's go through them. Okay, so the first one, which needs to be like your Bible, 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. Okay, this book is literally 129 pages. If you talk to anybody from J&J &J who got trained through Procter & Gamble, they know about this book. Okay, um, this is an important book because these laws are still applicable to today, okay? And the laws, you know, they have laws such as the law of leadership, the law of category, law of mind. The most important thing is that when you understand these laws, you understand how to craft and mold messaging and drive product adoption versus what most marketers do today. They, they don't know any of this stuff. It's, it's actually pretty laughable. And I would, and to be perfectly honest, it's not just our industry. Trust me, most marketers, mediocre at best. Okay. All industries. Okay. And, and I would say in my opinion, the most important of these laws, I would say this is the first six laws, one through six law of leadership, category, mind, perception, focus, and exclusivity. I think those are the, in my opinion, the most important ones. The, the, after that, those are all important laws. So you buy this book, you read it a few times. I've, I've look this book. I have, I've had this book since 2016. It, you know, I shouldn't have waited that long to read this, right? 2016, I was in the middle of my, uh, my first marketing role, but I found out about this book because again, unfortunately in our industry, this is why I started this podcast. We don't have a, a tradition of mentorship or, or good mentorship in my opinion, right? So anyways, yeah, I read this book in 2016 and then I have a note here. So 2016, I reread it again in 2017, right? And this book is just marked up. I've, I've put some work into this. This is marked up with a lot of notes, okay? So that's the first one. The second one, Crossing the Chasm by Jeffrey Moore. So this is, uh, the subtitle to this is Marketing and Selling Disruptive Products to Mainstream Customers. This book was the Bible for intuitive surgical, okay? 
As you can see, there's a chart here, which many of you, if you follow me, you know that I've talked about this, which is the technology adoption curve. Originally, this work was developed um, over 50 years ago by a guy named Everett M. Rogers in his book, The Diffusions of Innovation or Diffusion of Innovation. Okay, he did a lot of research on like, you know, when farmers adopt some new hybrid corn, who, what type of farmers usually adopt them, right? To understand the psychology of this. Jeff Moore is a high-tech marketer. Coincidentally, just because I'm, I'm, I became friends with him and I've had him on my show, um, prior to his marketing career, he was actually a Stanford literature professor, professor which explains why he's so good at writing. Um, but this book breaks down the different types of adopters. Like if you heard the term late adopter, early adopter, it's all, it all comes from this book. And again, so this book, so I read this book. I know I read this book back in like 2014 or 2013, but then this, this edition, because I, I lost that one, this one, it was noted as 2017. Um, and again, you can see in this book, look at all the, look at all the tags and earmarks and highlights. I've, I've destroyed this book. I need to get a new one, but I kind of like holding this old one. Um, now, why is this important as a marketer? What's important about it is that as a marketer, you're trying to drive product adoption. So it's important to understand what type of adopters do you need? Like, are you early market, late market? Where are you? Right. And the psychology of each one of those groups, because the psychology of, let's say, a technology enthusiast, which is the very first part of early adoption, is actually very different than the psychology of a visionary who is the second part of the early adopter market. OK. And knowing those differences are important because you start to understand, right, their psychological preferences for messaging and how you deal with them. OK. If you are launching a product, you got to understand this, especially if you're in a startup world, you got to understand this, right? And I would say like in, in a funny way, I, I said like every startup, every startup marketer should read this book. I mean, forget, I, I don't want to use this term marketing versus if you're selling stuff, if you're commercializing, you need to read these things. Okay. But it's even, I'd say even more important, like if you're, if you're a sales or marketing person at a J&J, &J, a Medtronic, a Striker, even more important because unlike a startup, you deal with the entire adoption curve. Like your company has adopters from all these different areas, from early market to late market to laggards, right? And so understanding this is really important. And again, Jeff Moore wrote this in Silicon Valley. Um, this is all about marketing and selling disruptive products, products to mainstream co customers. And it's all about selling high tech stuff, okay? This is a classic in Silicon Valley. And in my opinion, behind me and on my bookshelf, I have Jeffrey Moore's entire body of work. I have all of his other books. He has uh, The Gorilla Game. He has um, Escape Velocity. I can't remember the other one. Uh, Inside the Tornado. So inside, like, for example, you've heard this term Crossing the Chasm. Probably some of you heard about it from Simon Sinek. Well, that was all Jeffrey Moore's work. So Crossing the Chasm, which is the point around 15 or 18% of market share where you cross this chasm to the mainstream market, that little chasm has an entire book dedicated to it, right? So understanding these things are important. And again, going back to what Elon Musk said, you will get paid in proportion to the complexity of the problems that you solve, okay? So if you're able to sit down and look at a market and ask these kind of questions, right? Just, just knowing these kind of questions to ask and talk through in an interview will elevate you, right? That's another key tip. Again, for some of you who are interviewing or going to start interviewing this year, you make the mistake of trying to impress somebody with saying things. You really want to impress people. 
impress them with the quality of question you ask them. When you ask a certain type of question, you know who you're dealing with, right? You know who you're dealing with. You know, very much like, you know, when I talk to, you know, some like a rep from a random company about my company, right? Versus when I talk to a Daniel Hawkins, who, you know, I had the, you know, he's become a good friend of mine. So I sat down with him this, this, uh, this past week when I was in SF just to catch up. And he asked about my company because I was getting some advice from him, right? The guy um, has founded and sold multiple companies, intuitive employee number six. He literally set the price of the robot at 2.1 million back then, uh, founded Shockwave Medical, which went public. Questions he asked me, if I met him off just off the street, I would know. I'm like, man, I'm dealing with like, I'm dealing with a real business person here. Okay. And then the third book, the third book is Hacking Growth. So um, Sean Ellis, where did he start? I, th- I want to say it was Dropbox. Um, yes. So Sean Ellis, uh, he's the guy who literally coined the term growth hacking back in 2010 when he worked at Dropbox. And this guy is like, I would say the founding father of growth, growth marketing, right? And growth, growth marketing, which by the way, for those, you know, interesting factoid, I was the first growth marketing, anything in our, in the medical device industry back in 2017, there's no heads of growth, no nothing. When I went to Petrero, I was like, I told Joe Urban, I was like, I want to be the head of growth marketing. He's like, what, what is that? He's like, and I mean, and I explained, and he, he, he got, he got, it. he's like, well, do you think anybody else knows in the industry? I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to make it a thing that worked out really well for me too. Um, but hacking growth goes through the experiments and, and more importantly, the methods. So let me read to you some of the, um, the sections. So the method, the growth hacking playbook acquisition, activation, retention, monetization, growth cycle, right? It, it goes through the exact playbook of how you need to uh, run, like create and launch experiments. This book, when did I read this book? I read this book in, so I read this book in 20, yeah, so in 2019, when I, because I had been reading about growth hacking, I didn't read the book, and I read this right, right when I was at Petrero. Um, and so, when uh, um, when it comes to uh, uh, to growth, right? When I, one of the ways that I applied it, this is before I knew what growth hacking was, uh, was I was at Restoration Robotics. And I was running uh, Facebook campaigns to do uh, lead generation and acquisition for for patients, right? Um, and so understanding growth hacking is important because, again, we live in this digital world. So, like for example, if you're a salesperson or or marketer and you're going to run a webinar series, right? How do you growth hack that, right? How do you drive attendance, you know? And how do you make this sort of virtuous cycle of growth, right? You know, so all these things are really important. Now, who's the kind of person that should go into marketing? I think that you should go into marketing if you are interested in strategy, if you're interested in systems-based thinking, okay? And there's no knock on salespeople, but some salespeople, some people, they just, they want, they want to be given a task. They want to be given a playbook and then they go out, they hunt and kill, make their money. And that's it. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to get more leverage in your career, my personal opinion, be become, become a marketer, right? Because think about it like this. You can be the greatest salesperson in our industry. A lot of times you get pigeonholed in a specific specialty. And when you try and get out of that specialty, you know, you, maybe you can, maybe you can't. Marketing, you have a lot more uh, flexibility. Look, for me in my career, 
I went from uh, two, I did two robotics companies. I did a, uh, so one robotic spine company, one robotic aesthetic company. I did critical care, predictive health. I did AI, I did SaaS, and somewhere in there, I also did consumer, right? So I was able to be, move around quite a lot. Um, the other thing is that I think the value of marketing is that unlike sales, again, if you're a sales rep, like you're given a playbook, unless you get to the level of a director or a VP of sales, you're not really developing anything. All right. Definitely not strategies and playbooks. Okay. You might develop like a territory strategy, but you're not coming up with messaging. Right. And so if you want to have an immense amount of responsibility, go into marketing. And I think in my, again, in my opinion, um, and it's hard to find these places, but you know, at least like for those of the people who are in my program, I try and I try and recommend them into roles. Um, that wasn't like a, a feature of the program originally, but you know, a lot of people joined the program. People heard about it. CEOs started asking me if I had recommendations, and so a lot of people, a lot of times, the only people I feel comfortable recommending are people who went through my programs. At least I know that they're trained in the methodology that I believe in when it comes to driving commercial growth. Um, but yeah, I mean, again. You know, I think that uh, product management is important, but, and sorry if you can hear him, you know, my son's in the background uh, playing. Um, when it comes to uh, going into marketing, understanding product is important. I think it's, it is definitely important. But if you think about Shark Tank, the show, um, when any company goes on to raise money, what are the two reasons that they're on? It's either that they need money to buy and develop inventory or they need money for marketing. Nobody goes on because they're, they need money for product management, okay? It's the same thing today. Like, you know, Peter Drucker had a very famous saying, which is uh, business has only two functions, innovation and marketing, right? And so um, unless you're ready to like stay at a company for many, many years, right? Don't go into product or product management. Go into marketing learn how to engineer a market. Okay. It's another, you know, and I'm going to do more of these marketing, marketing episodes, right. But, um, you know, I think that's the most important thing. Now let, now let's talk about those of you who, let's say, um, like in the case of the uh, person who's in my program who got passed up. So here's my recommendation to you. If you're a salesperson, you're trying to get into marketing. Okay. No matter how good you are at sales, you, you've been, you've branded yourself. You're a salesperson. It's very hard to undo that brand. So the best thing to do is to volunteer to help marketing. If you, as a salesperson, are able to provide really good insights, or you become like, for example, get really good at running patient, uh, patient marketing events or some kind of marketing events, marketing will lean on you as a great example. And you can go to marketing and say, Hey, you know, I, I, I want to get more involved in marketing. I want to learn more. Can I help and pick, pick up some responsibilities? That is the first way. Most people don't like to do that, but hey, you know what? It's a lot better than going and getting some nonsense MBA or uh, you know some marketing certification. I have no problem with MBAs, but personally, um, unless you want to go into management consulting or you're going to climb the corporate ladder at J&J, don't get an MBA. Okay. The number one reason you get an MBA is to put a stamp on your resume and to network with that alumni group. You know, you, there's nothing you're going to learn at an MBA that you can't learn right now through the internet and through reading. It's just a discipline thing, right? It's my own personal opinion. Um, so, um, 
so that's number one is like go and ask, ask for the responsibilities, right? In any, in any company, especially startup, there's a long, 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 long line of people uh, looking to get take credit. There's a very short line of people taking responsibility. That was one of the big things I took advantage of when I was early in my career. I noticed there's a lot of things that people, nobody wanted to get done. I went and got them done. I've, I raised my hand to take responsibility. When, when things went well, I deflected the credit to the team. And when things went wrong, I took the responsibility on myself and, and said it was my fault. Okay. Um, and those are the things that, that people recognize. Again, one thing that you have to think about as a salesperson, like you need to sell yourself. So if somebody's going to take a chance on you, let's say you're a full line medical device rep, maybe you're a territory manager, you want to go into marketing. You should lower your expectations for this 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 thing. Again, you just need a you just need to step in and apply for either marketing manager roles or associate roles. You know, might be a doc and pay, but hey, you find a better way to do this, you let me know. Um, and once you get in the role, you can really flex your muscles and demonstrate. And you know, it's only temporary, temporarily, right? For me, when I got into marketing, you know, I took a pay. I took, I got a pay raise in terms of my salary, but my overall pay went down, but I knew that what I was paying for was essentially marketing school, right? That's the way you got to look at this. Okay. Um, and if you're in a company where you don't have those opportunities and marketing is not giving you a chance, what you need to do. And again, I tell this to the people in my program, you know, part of engaging, uh, on LinkedIn with doctors, creating content, all these things, of course, is to uh, sell and grow your pipeline. The other side of it is a great way to market yourself. And so a lot of times, whether you're getting into the industry, every one of you who got into the industry it was not because of your skills. Because probably when you got in, you didn't have many skills, you didn't have a background or a resume. It's because somebody saw something in you and took a chance. So most, I think that one of the most underrated things you can do these days is to have promise, right? And so what you need to do is create this package where somebody looks at you today and is able to imagine who you can become for their organization in the future, you know, and is willing to take that chance, right? I mean, look, a lot of the uh, best mentees I had, that's how it started. They, they did the right things to get on my radar and I saw who they can become, right? And I invested in them, whether I hired them or I mentored them or something, right? And so those are things that I, I, I highly recommend doing. Um, and, you know, some of the easiest things, like I'll tell you, um, and, and maybe in another episode, I'll, I'll have more specific instructions on this. But for me, when I was trying to make my jump, again, I'll, I'll give you million dollar advice here. If you're able to solve for the problem of how do I get attention, a lot of things follow. You cannot persuade without attention. When you're able to get attention, sustain it, and then channel it in a direction, people pay a lot of money for that, right? I started a business because I got good enough at that, okay? And so, you know, that, that, being, that being said, you know, when I was trying to move out to San Francisco, um, at the time, like, I had a few years of being a marketing manager under my belt, but I was a guy in Florida, you know, um, so... To move to Silicon Valley, like Silicon Valley had all the best marketers in the world there. But I got very creative. I started writing an article a week about marketing strategies, 
Um, some of you who've, who've known me for a long time, my first viral article was an article called Democratizing Surgery. It's all about back, back when Verb existed. I, I wanted to work for Verb Surgical. Think, thankfully, that didn't, that didn't happen because, um, you know, I don't think it, the, the company did, did as well as it should have. Um, although there were a lot of great people who work there. Um, but anyways, um, I wrote I wrote this article about what I thought their marketing strategy should be in terms of designing a category and everything. And it was so spot on that their CEO, that's how Scott Hunnikins found out about me. Um, uh, you know, their VP of marketing, I got on everybody's radar because I wrote this article. You never know. You, you, many of you are literally one good post away, one comment away from getting on the radar of some of the most powerful and influential people in our industry. Getting on LinkedIn and, and engaging, making posts, commenting. I mean, it's like playing the slot machines, my friends. You know, for me, it was just like, it, at the time, it was, me, it was a way for me to practice writing and, and a reason for me to like share what I was learning and just kind of make sure that I really understood it. And it changed my career, changed my life, right? And so I think that something special happens when you really put yourself out there. And so my recommendation, again, just to kind of wrap this up. If you're interested to go into marketing, buy these three books, read them, okay? Start following some of these people, post about what you're learning in these books, right? I mean, I guarantee you, you post, post a picture of you holding, crossing the chasm and saying, you know, so excited to, to read this book. And by the way, if you buy these books and you post about them, go ahead and tag me. I'll engage, I'll engage with your content. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, share, share that story. And the most important thing I think is put yourself, there's a saying in Silicon Valley, when you want to raise money, ask for advice. And when you want advice, ask for money. So for many of you, if you want the job, don't ask for the job, ask for advice. So read these books, reach out to, uh, leaders in our industry. And ask just, hey, I really admire your career. I'd love to get you on the phone for like 10 minutes just to, to hear and get advice from you, right? Um, and, you, and you're and you going to have to try hard. Like some people are really busy and you have to be persistent. There's some, some of you have sent me more than one message. And again, I get blown up in my inbox all the time. But some of you have like stayed consistent with it. And I end up like giving you a call. You know, instead of just replying back to your questions, I just give you a call. Um, so buy these books, read them. And, and again, even if you're in sales and you are not interested in going to marketing, start leveling up your business acumen, right? Start learning how to solve more complex problems. Because if you are the type of person that an organization can look to to reliably solve a complicated problem, you'll get bigger and bigger responsibilities. And ultimately, more money comes with that. If you think about it at the end of the day, like why does, I don't know, why does the VP of whatever get paid more than the person who's doing the job? It's really because that person is assuming a much greater load of responsibility. It's not necessarily the level of work that's being done. It's a level of responsibility and complexity of the problem that they got to solve. So with that being said, I hope you like this episode. Let us know what you think about this episode. If you're on YouTube, you can comment. If you're on Spotify, just scroll down and there's a poll. Every one of our episodes on Spotify has these polls where you can actually leave uh, your thoughts. You can either comment on what you thought about the episode or even 
uh, share, like some ideas for the next one. And as always keep sending me the ideas on all hail medical sales. And, um, yeah, that's it for now, my friends. I hope you enjoyed it. Episode 100 is going to be coming out soon. As of today, by a slight margin, looks like Kevin Lobo strikers winning. So we'll see. I'm going to give the, I'm going to give this poll like a solid week to see how it uh, plays out. And we'll see what we have for episode 100. I, either way, I can guarantee you it's going to be a good one. So love you all. Please don't forget, do me a favor, write a review, subscribe. And if you think this helped you, like send this off to somebody else who you think it will help. Okay. All right, everyone. Take care and have a great weekend. Thank you for enjoying another epic episode of the State of MedTech. If you're feeling inspired and love this episode, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button and turn notifications on so you never miss an episode. And be sure to give us five stars and write a short review because that helps more people discover this amazing community of ours. If you're a company who has a executive that you'd like to be on the show, or perhaps you want to sponsor one of the episodes, shoot us an email at hello at Take care and we'll see you next time.